Today on the show, a drop of holy cargo, how to say I'll pray for you and mean it. You gotta have both the Martha and the Mary. Some back chatter, picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Hey y'all, it is time for the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 413. I am Father Chris Decker in this new year, new to us anyway. Joining me this week, you know him, Kathleen Lee. She's the Teachus Maximus at Our Lady of Mercy School in Baton Rouge. Hey, wow. Kathleen. Hey, good to be back. Yes, indeed. You're teaching... Uh, the little children. Yes, yeah, so fifth... Sixth and no, eighth grade. Sixth and eighth graders. Sixth and eighth grade. My A goodness. smelly little bunch of awesome kids, and I love them. That's awesome. I wondered what that stench was. Uh-huh. It turns out it's only holiness. Uh-huh. All righty. We also have the, the sweet holy smell of Olivia Galino. <laughs> I'll take it. I, yeah, okay. She, she's the student of life and resident Italian food critic here at the Catholic Underground. Hey, Olivia. Hello. I, you know, one of the things I've learned as a guy is it's not polite to comment on the scent of women unless it's really good. Yes. That yeah. is. Yeah, that would be a good standard yeah. The shininess right. of our foreheads. Unless they comment about it first. That's I mean. Right. Yeah. Hashtag celibate rules. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, let's go up to, uh, to the, space, uh, the space satellite there. Satellite of hope. Yes. Jeff Star One. Hey, and Jeff. I put on deodorant today. I'm good. Yes. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, but in space, no one can see you smell. Oh, that's you know, true. Or smell you. I don't know. Anyway. Golly, did I really start the 2020 off with the <laughs> olfactory situation yes, yeah. going on? Yes, well, we wouldn't be the Catholic Underground if we didn't do something weird. <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get weird. Actually, 2020, yes. am I right? Kathleen started it. She I did, did and did. I own yeah. that. I, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I often tell my parishioners, we're Catholic and we're weird. Yeah, that's true. And uh, in that vein... <laughs> this should be done everywhere. Okay. So it's not in uncommon. Set, no. It's not uncommon for in that sense sense. <laughs> yeah. It's not uncommon to to bless the fields. In fact, our Catholic faith uh, oftentimes uh, from from many years past goes according to the rogation of the fields, the turning mm-hmm. of the fields, the planting, the harvesting. And so it's not uncommon in Louisiana especially uh, to bless the fields before planting. And St. Anne Church of Cow Island, that's right, Cow Island is a place yeah. uh, here in Louisiana. Um, <laughs> because in, of course it is. Indeed, uh, near Abbeville, Louisiana. So if you need something to Google on your Google Maps, uh, that's where Cow Island is. They bless their town and the farms with 100 gallons of holy water with the help of a crop dusting plane. Awesome. The Diocese of Lafayette posted several photos of the blessing on Facebook and they also wish readers a Merry Christmas. The full text uh, reads that Father Matthew Bazar, who is a great, great young priest, uh, and the parishioner of St. Anne Church in Cow Island, listed the, health of a co- uh, the help of a crop duster pilot to bless their community. They loaded 100 gallons of holy water into the plane. The pilot sprayed the water on the town and the nearby farms. Parishioners also brought water from their homes to the airstrip to be blessed by Father Bazar. Wow. The blessing was the brainchild of Laren Detraz, who is a missionary currently stationed in Ohio, who is a native of Cow Island. In fact, uh, on the on the post, they said a happy and blessed Christmas to everyone from St. Anne Church and parishioners. Talk about uh, a way to to say Merry Christmas yeah. with a with kind of a snowfall, if you will, yeah. 
of, uh, of holy water. Yeah, I, I always kind of laugh when you get a, a good, like, enthusiastic either deacon or priest who comes around the church, you know, with yeah. like a, not just like a little sprinkler, but they've got like a whole, you know, rose bush and, that they're that's just... That's right, a big piss of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they get you, and I'm like, yes. And I can just imagine, like, walking out of, you know, like the CVS, <laughs> just being like, don't and I'm like, yes, Lord. It, mm-hmm. Like, I think that that would be phenomenal that's true that's very true in fact that's one of the things i love about uh well first of all about being a priest we, we <laughs> love uh the aspergellum <laughs> and the aspersorium by the way which is the name of the bucket right oh, so aspergellum okay. yep yep yep, yep. Mm-hmm. aspersorium right and uh or you can use hyssop or the yeah. brush the brush is really where it's the at. brush is like yeah. the the big like wallops yeah. of like cartoon size wallops <laughs> of water exactly. in their face. that's right and it's interesting so do you know where the where the the blessing with holy water like that sprinkling mm-hmm. that harkens all the way back to the old testament whenever moses, moses. sprinkled the blood of the covenant mm-hmm. on the people with hyssop, and so, with hyssop. And so, and so, what are we asking the Lord to asperge us with, to sprinkle us with, but but the baptismal water, which brings us in to to this new Passover, yeah. to mm-hmm. this new this new act of redemption. And so, they did it with a plane, mm. <laughs> which I think is just so awesome. Yeah. Um, as of as of the time that uh, that we prepared the show, there are approximately twelve hundred reactions on Facebook, one hundred and seventy mm-hmm. comments, four hundred and ninety seven shares. This uh, went on Church Pop, which is a, a social media sharing engine. It's been on EWTN's Facebook page. It's been on uh, Alatea, which, of course, is where we source some of our articles for yeah. the Catholic Underground. It definitely, as we say, it went viral. Mm-hmm. And how cool, a very cool thing to go viral. Some of the comments uh, said, now that's awesome. Yeah. Great idea, much needed. Um, Dan says, uh, this is what every town needs to do. Thanks for hopefully starting a trend in many more towns blessings i wish they would spread this over the whole country what a fantastic idea nice way to bless crops and people i love it Mm -hmm. uh and and of course uh in louisiana one of our or in the baton rouge area one of our kind of uh, major areas of traffic trouble is the the stretch between the Atchafalaya basin something Mm -hmm. for you to google Mm -hmm. and uh getting into baton rouge across the mississippi river and so somebody also commented that they should they should uh, crop yes. dust with water <laughs> that rent because it's also a very dangerous stretch yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. if nothing else, it, it might um, if it sizzles on your car, it means you're cursing yeah. right <laughs> at the mm-hmm. moment it's working right because it is it's a, a source of a lot of um, consternation for many. So yeah. so this is one of those ways of of doing um, something that's very ancient in a new key. Yeah yeah, yeah. and so so. Um, specific to uh, mm-hmm. to this community mm-hmm. that's all i love about the catholic church is it's so universal yeah and there are so many things that you know t- traditions that we um as a universal church you know um participate in mm-hmm. but that you can look anywhere in the catholic church all anywhere in the world and find just these little ways um that the faith has become part of that community in that's a, right in a specific way yeah you know to the people there to what they're doing there um and you know and and God bless priests like this who aren't afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, who aren't afraid to say, "Yeah, this is this is what the, what the people need. This is what our town needs." Yeah, let's do this. And if I could go a step further sure. by saying that that uh, don't wait for your priests to come up with these ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like like the, this was a, a a local missionary who uh, who was from Cow Island who's currently stationed in Ohio that just thought this was a great idea. Father, have you thought about? 
we're waiting for you to say, Father, have you thought about mm -hmm. this? And more than more often than not, we're we're willing to say, okay, well, let's think through this. Yeah. You know, if mm -hmm. if you provide the engine, we'll provide ourselves. We'll right. provide yeah. the church. Will show up. And so that's one of those things. Don't be afraid to ask your priest some of these things. You know, you might get a little grumpification because every now and then a priest has a bad day. Mm -hmm. But this is an opportunity to like something like this to say, let's let's do a big Catholic thing right. in a fairly simple way. And we've got it all set up here. What do you think? Yeah. And mm -hmm. immediately again, Father Brazar says, yeah, this is in keeping with who we are. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. well. In that vein, I have a question. Yeah. And actually, this is something I remember asking one of the Cistercian monks in college. Mm -hmm. Me and a group of friends asked, so if you can see that it's about to rain, yes, and there's like a rain cloud above like where you are, can yeah. you, as a priest mm -hmm. or a deacon, if you're still a deacon, anyway, bless the rain cloud and so that any water that comes from it is holy water? Well, I mean, the rain cloud basically is uh, just vapor, right? Water vapor. Yeah. Uh, I have never blessed a rain cloud <laughs> uh, myself. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that there's anything that's specific about that because the, the priest's intent um, to bless the water is is certainly what's what's uh, important there, you know. Yeah. Um, I know uh, at the abbey where I went to, to college, the Benedictine Abbey, the, the holy water font is sourced from the lake. Mm, okay. And so we we always that. we always kind of wondered, well, since this is basically just a well that flows into the lake, does that mean that whenever we bless the uh the holy water font at at Easter, then the both lakes lake. Mar yeah. and Placid are now blessed as well. That's their yeah. names by the way. Hmm. Yeah. Um I, I would say this falls into the realm of speculative theology. Um But that's why it's know. fun. Yeah, of course. This is um, this is the best form of play, right? Philosophical mm -hmm. discussion. This is how adults play, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of go back and forth. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, now, if I were to do the actual traditional blessing of water, uh, I hope you've got... This is the thing. I, I'd have to get some salt up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so well, there, okay. Yeah. Yes. Also, that was a, a question that mm -hmm. we had. Yeah. You'd have to exercise the salt. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've never exercised a cloud before, but I hmm. presume you could do it, you know? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's not in the ritual. I'm fairly cer certain that the Roman ritual um, expects that the water that you're going to be blessing has already fallen from the heavens or been plumbed from the depths of the earth. But mm. wouldn't, I mean, I guess, okay, this is probably going too far afield, but like it was, it's, right. it's still it, kind of a form of living water, right? Yeah. Living water, like meaning that it has motion mm -hmm. and that it's not like a stagnant body Indeed. of water. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. This I, is this is something I've, I've actually been wondering about since college, since we first had that conversation. Huh. Could it, and when I saw this article about blessing the water in the plain and then sending it up and dusting the crops with it, yeah. it's like, hmm, this kind of reminds me of that question that I had. Like, could you theoretically bless a cloud and then the rain that falls is, is holy water? Well, I suppose um, St. Francis might be on on with you, you know, the, the notion of, of the canticle of all of the creatures. Mm -hmm. um, Sister cloud, right? Sister water vapor. Um, no, no, that's incorrect. Sorry, I don't go too far afield. Uh, but um, but but notice that the water was blessed before it was loaded into the plane. Right. So like it wasn't, you know. So there is, but see, that's the other part of it too, is that all of the sacraments and sacramentals have an incarnational mm -hmm. kind of um, reality about them. And so the, the fact that, that we participate in the items that are brought to the Lord to be made holy. Mm -hmm. So like we, we got the water from the ground, right? Or we collected the water from um, from the rain and mm. we are bringing it to the priests so right. that it can be blessed. So there is that notion too. Right. 
that offertory. Um, like yeah that, that that everything that we give to be blessed by the lord for holy use has somehow been struck or somehow yeah. been fashioned mm-hmm. um and and then it's being given over to the church for the church to set it aside for holy use so yes. i mean sure you can yeah. bless a cloud i guess um but there is this notion that the lord wants us to be involved and interactive yeah to be gatherers mm-hmm. interesting yeah so i mean again i'm i'm no uh i just have my mdiv but <laughs> Um, it is a really kind of a cool thing to consider too. Yeah. So why don't you go up to your to your priest and say, "Hey, Father, can you bless a cloud?" And he'll say, "How much did you have this morning? Did you, <laughs> did you fast uh, for an hour before mass before you came?" Yeah. Um, but still, very cool thing. And and to Father uh, Matthew Brazar, who's a great young priest of the Diocese of Lafayette in Louisiana, uh, a CU hats off to you, sir, mm-hmm. for uh, for doing that. No, no, no. I need the good one. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, Everyone gets a buzzer today. Yeah, I guess uh, Jeff's uh, with, he's got his finger on the button. Yeah. Button, button. Jeff's got the button. You know mm-hmm. what else uh, we have the button for? The fact that we are the Catholic Underground. All righty. I was wondering what that kind of button. I was like, what kind of button do we have? Oh, no. Nope. It's just oh, the okay. button that Jeff does. Yeah. <laughs> Just that one? Oh, yeah. all right. You're listening to the Catholic Underground somehow here in this uh, this new year. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. You can get all of our episodes, all of our show notes and everything at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee, by Olivia Galino, and by Jeff Blackwell. Also, I did neglect to mention Ed in the, uh, in the space ball pit there on the satellite of, of Jeff. Come but, on, Father. I know. But, uh, but he, Ed... He says you're forgiven. Oh, good. Ed is also what makes everything beautiful for us <laughs> uh, on, on the video this feed. So you'll notice that He's we have right. things happening here and there on our screens if you're watching us. And uh, that's Ed's job. He's our graphic designer, our hairdresser. You know, yes. he does, he does makeup. He does Ed, all the yeah, beauty. He does, he does it all. It's around true. here. Lighting. So, <laughs> that's right. So thanks to Ed. You know, it, it happens every day, mm-hmm. certainly as priests, but for everybody, that we, we, we get asked, uh, people ask us to pray for them. Huh? Would you pray right. for me? I'm going through X, sure. Y, or Z. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, sometimes I, I, will, I will always say, yes, I will pray for you. But unless I do it right then, right. or unless I make a you mm-hmm. know, very specific thing to bring this to the altar with me, chances are we, we in our humanity go, now what do I do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I often am like, wait a minute. I know that somebody asked me at a conference <laughs> three years ago. Oh shoot. Totally forgot. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think sometimes we can get in the habit too of, of saying, and for all the things that people, you know, right. ask me to pray for, which is good. But if you're like me, it's, I'm saying that because I just haven't put in a lot of effort into remembering, um, you know, and, and people, yeah, people ask for our prayers especially, you know, if you, if you're living a faithful life, um, if it's, if you're going to mass, if you're, you know, if you are teaching like Olivia and I, you know, like that, that becomes, um, you know, an everyday experience, Mm -hmm. either they're asking for themselves or they're asking for other people. Mm -hmm. Social media has made it super easy, um, to ask, right. Maybe somebody emails you, um, or they're hitting you up on Facebook. I received many of those. Yep. Or tweet. Right. Or you can go a little old school and just like a simple conversation that you have with somebody or a a phone call. Mm -hmm. That's when somebody talks to you on the phone. I've heard that phones can do that. Our our pocket computers can also make voice calls. I don't think mine does that. It's a little it's a little finagling (laughs) you got to do, but it works. Right. They and they come from all over. Right, our family, our friends, our coworkers, maybe even a complete stranger. I've gotten some from people 
that I never, you know, especially being on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, that I never thought I haven't spoken to in years. You know, mm-hmm. kids, people I went to elementary school with mm-hmm. have reached out and said, hey, I know we haven't talked in a decade. My family's going through this and I know that, you know, that this is what you do with your life. Could you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so um, we all have our own and we even have our own prayer list. Right. What we desire to pray for, what we might uh, be praying for in our own families and our own job situations and our own relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It might be the conversion of a family member or someone who's sick, who has cancer, been hospitalized. We're praying for healing for that person or for our own self. Um, um, some people that we know also have like, you know, those people and, and oftentimes, especially down here in the South, they're, they're that woman who is everybody's grandma. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you want your prayers answered? You go to miss so-and-so. Yeah, the know? prayer warriors are yep. in every community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I have a, um, one of my aunts was like, oh, you know, when somebody would bring a boyfriend home that they didn't like, she's like, oh, we prayed him away. Mm, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I know. Right. But that, that like, took a turn. <laughs> the Lord listened to their prayer. Like in, in a, not that the Lord doesn't listen to our prayers, mm. but you know, they have this special charism of prayer, this special dedication to prayer. Um, Almost know. as if there are those within the church that have a unique relationship to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost as if mm-hmm. you could ask for their patronage about certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Strange. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds ridiculous, Father. <laughs> ah. Ponderous. That can't Ponderous. be it. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. One of the things that I like to do too is in my own in my own prayer request, in my own prayer list that I make, right, so I always remember our priests and our religious. I know I reached out to several of them that run the march and I was like, I know that this is this is gonna be a rough week in general. You know, not rough, but uh, difficult mm-hmm. and physically, spiritually, um, what can I pray for for you? Mm-hmm. Um, but with all the prayer requests that come our way, how do we do that? How do we pray? How do we intercede uh, for the needs of those who approach us? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just saying, "Sure, I'll add you to the list." Mm-hmm. Um, here are a few suggestions, right? That that will help us ensure that we um, hold fast to that promise to pray. Right. And I know in my own life when I, I had to do a better job of saying, I'm going to pray for you and then do it. It's all about the intentionality, mm-hmm. right? Because we can say things, oh, I'm going to pray for you. And then we, me, I don't really follow through all the time. Uh, so here are a few suggestions, suggestions, right? One of the things that, um, that I've been trying to do in my life is, is to pray the rosary more. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I can't remember. And I was, I was very vulnerable with my sixth graders this week. I was like, I can't remember the order of the mysteries to save my life. I don't know what it is. I know what they are. I can probably put them all on one page. I don't, I, I, and then I get nervous that I, if I skip a, you know, something, I'm going to mess it up. Yep. That's right? one of those you have to learn by doing. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so yeah. I've been, you know, I've been trying to dedicate myself to um, the rosary and not only to say the rosary, like to say the words, to say the prayers, but to be intentional about it. Right. And so one of the suggestions is um, if you want to pray the rosary or if you are praying the rosary to make it more than just beads that are slipping through your finger. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe dedicate a decade or dedicate each Hail Mary to a specific intention. I will right? give that as a penance uh, mm-hmm. in, in the confessional. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's if it's one of those sins that uh, is directly affecting other people. Right. You know, I'll mm-hmm. say, well, think of 10 people that you can offer that rosary for. Yeah. Um, or. Um, think of 10 kind of components of the things that, that are surrounding the circumstance that the yeah. person has asked you to pray. 
Yeah. You know, like yeah. if it's a person that has cancer, then there are 10 things that you can pray for, like the, the nurse that's their nurse, yeah. their, mm-hmm. their oncology department, all those things. Yeah. And so you really can enfold them with the, a decade of the rosary. Right. And you can even like, I think a lot of times for me, I'm afraid to, to venture away from the structure, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, I get terrified that if I don't say the right words, it's not going to count. What if Come I on. told you, you don't even need to say the Hail Mary on the rosary beat? Watch, watch. No, you could say the Jesus prayer. Jesus, yeah. mm-hmm. son of God, have mercy oh, on me, a sinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On all 150 of those beads. Yes. Those well, here's a suggestion for Father day. Edward Looney. He has a devotional book mm-hmm. called A Rosary Litany. Mm-hmm. What he does is he adapts the Hail Mary to include the name of the person he wishes to pray for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for example, he, he would say, if you're praying for your friend Johnny, right? Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for Johnny. Mm-hmm. And pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Right? Nice. Because during the Hail Mary, yeah. we're asking Our Lady to intercede mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. She's the one who takes our intentions. I always love um, this image I got a couple of years ago in prayer, and I use it when I lead prayer. You know, any distractions or burdens or worries or things that we hold in our heart that can keep us from the Lord, Mary, we give to you to lay at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. because that's where you stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so she brings all these intentions. Pray for, we're asking her in the Hail Mary. And and for me, like that gets kind of rote. Pray for us in her now and the hour of our death. Amen. No, pray for this specifically, Mary. I need you. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the Hail Mary, me. the Hail Mary, as with all of the prayers that we call rote prayers, R-O-T-E, meaning that that they are they are written down and that they are kind of part of our, our prayer arsenal. You can customize those prayers. Yeah. It is okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are giving you permission, and I don't have to give you permission. Uh, prayer, there's no right way right. to pray. You know, right. there's no wrong way to pray. It, you 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 simply pray, and uh, to be able to kind of um, tweak the Hail right. Mary to insert the name of the person that you're asking that you're delivering to mm-hmm. Our Lady to bring to the Lord. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, of course, entrusting our intentions to Mary is such a powerful way to pray for others. We ask someone else to pray for for you know for those intentions as well. But another way that we can ask other people to pray for that is to pray a novena. I love um, novenas. Yes, and encourage others to pray that for you. You don't have to indulge like like divulge everyone's prayer intention, especially mm-hmm. if they've entrusted that to you. Yeah. Right. But I I know several people who I can call and say, Hey, I'm praying this novena. Um, for a friend of mine's intentions, I just need you to pray with me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give details, right? And they're, I, you know, I guarantee you, they'll be like, yep, mm-hmm. right? And there are countless novenas in the Catholic tradition, as countless as the saints that we have, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, you know, if, if someone has cancer, we pray a novena to St. Peregrine. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever, if those of you out here, he's a recent saint to me, um, awesome guy, right? You're praying for a safe delivery for a pregnant mom, pray mm-hmm. a, a novena to St. Gerard Magella. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. We call him St. Jared here in Baton yeah. Rouge. Everyone else mm-hmm. says St. Gerard. Know, but yeah, St. Right, Gerard Magella. In fact, in my parish, my last parish assignment, um, a couple was having trouble conceiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so they they asked the intercession of St. Jared, St. Gerard, and yeah. they they brought the, the, ch- the child was brought to term beautifully. Yeah. And, and, and they actually were able to secure a relic of St. Cool. Jared that uh, wow. that now lives uh, there at the parish church. Awesome. And so anytime a couple is in trouble, I will always bring yeah. the relic out. But you That's can certainly beautiful. pray a novena. It, it's very here's the, the $10 word efficacious. It yeah. has effect. Yeah. Why? And I think what's so what's so important about this is that there's intention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. This right. is the idea behind it is that there's intention to this. Yeah. Right. And there is power when we pray t- together. That's right. right. To invite people into that prayer. 
right? Um, another thing you would do is visit a shrine, right? I, I think sometimes we think that there are shrines like all over Europe and that's as, you know, we'll have to go to Europe to visit the shrines of this, you know, the saints or the, mm-hmm. you know, these holy places. But there's probably a shrine very close to you. Yep. In fact, if you live in the South, there's one in New Orleans. There's one in New Orleans. There's one in, uh, there's a huge one in Hansville, Alabama, True. right? Um, if, if not, there's also the possibility of pilgrims to pilgrimage to another holy site. Yeah. Right. If you it's can not a you can Google Catholic shrines near me and yeah. they'll show up. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Sometimes um, shrines become known for a particular grace. So such is the case with the shrine of Our Lady of La Leche in St. Augustine, Florida, right here in the United States, right, where a couple struggling to conceive, visit, and ask um, the Lady of the Milk to obtain for the grace of our good delivery, mm-hmm. right? Or those who are sick may travel to Lourdes. It's on my bucket list. Just putting it out there. Lord, if you could get me to Lourdes, that would be <laughs> it's awesome. one of my favorite places yes, on earth. People travel from all over the world um, to to bathe in this, these holy waters, right? Um and it's, it's a beautiful place. If you can get there, get there. Bring your intentions, right? The pilgrimage to a shrine uh, might be an added touch in praying for someone because it involves sacrifice on your part, intention. Mm-hmm. You have to go there, mm-hmm. um, right? And when you go there, pick up a card for whoever it is you're praying for. Pick up, you know, something, maybe a medal, um, and send it to them and let them know you pray for them, mm-hmm. right? Another way you can, you can, in general, pray for other people and make it intentional is to offer your suffering or take on a speak uh, a penance because right? we all suffer we yes. all suffer in one way or and another and we can all and we it's totally easy to be like oh my gosh my life is right offer it up for somebody mm-hmm. right um the other day a catholic speaker and songwriter jackie francois angel i met her in september we're really good friends now <laughs> she tweeted this she said i'm sick five months pregnant have a migraine which makes me throw up and about to board a 10 and a half hour flight i actually prefer the the pain of giving birth to this scenario, <laughs> but give me some prayer intentions and it'll help me turn this pain into intercession wow. and go. Yeah. I know people like this, people who are going through labor will take on intentions, mm-hmm. you know, because they're offering that pain and that suffering. Yep. Right. And this, that's important, right? Pray from the heart. Mm-hmm. Again, make it intentional. You don't have to make a big scene about it. You don't have to, t- you know, oh, I'm, I'm making this sacrifice for my friend. Dude, just do it yeah, yeah. and make it a prayer from the heart. Make it intentional, make it authentic, right? And make it an opportunity for not only you to offer that prayer for someone, but also for you to draw closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Through Our Lady, through the saints, through these holy sites, through this penance, right? Um, and then, it, you know, it just, it just joins us together in prayer um, as a community, as the faithful, Right, but also to the one that you're communicating with, the one that your heart was made for, right? From the heart to the heart of Jesus. So, you know, just be intentional. That's that's the the um, you know, what I'm taking away from this because I know I need to in the new year, this is my new year's resolution, if you could call it one, right? It's Tack it one. on there, to be intentional, not just say the words, but pray the prayers. That's right, exactly. Uh, Good words, Kathleen, and good intentions, Kathleen. Yeah, Uh, you're watching and listening to the Catholic Underground. We're going to take a bit of a break. Stay right where you are because we'll be back after this. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. 
To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, Kathleen Lee, Olivia Galino, Ed Ball, Jeff Blackwell. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, you know, I get this a lot, Olivia. Well, I'm like Mary. I can't seem to get my get going going when it comes to, you know, doing the spiritual things they need to do. Or I'm totally Martha. Mm, and I've mm-hmm. got to always do something. Yep. Mm. Uh, and I just can't be Mary. Yeah. But there's more to it than just picking one or the other. There is, yeah. Um, you know, something interesting that really struck me, you know, I just got off of the March for Life or got back from the March for Life, whatever the proper terminology would be. Mm. But I remember when um, the youth minister on our bus was kind of introing the Nashville Dominicans um, before we picked them up because our, our trip always involves at least, you know, 10 or so Nashville Dominicans, um, she was describing their order. And I remember she said that their like official kind of description is contemplatives in action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I like that struck me because number one, I never heard them being described that way, even though I'm sure that that's like probably on their website or something. But it also just struck me because of the same thing that you're saying, like, how do you hold those two things in tension, mm-hmm. right? right? Contemplation and action. And yet um, that sounds very Dominican. You know, yeah, right, he, exactly. He, he had to go out and combat the Albigensian heresy. Right. But at the same time, he and his brothers also had to be men of prayer so yeah, that they could yeah. go out. Exactly. And, you know. But one of the things that I find particularly striking is because we always hear about the Mary and Martha, mm-hmm. and it's almost presented to us as a sort of dualism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think in, in like the particular passage that we tend to think about, well, like, you know, um, you know, Martha, Martha, you are concerned with many things. Mm-hmm. Um, there is need of one thing. <clears throat> exactly. Mary has chosen the better part the better of the child part, yes. taken from her. So we, we think better, worse. Exactly. Or, right. mm-hmm. We think good, bad, want or, to be, don't want to or be. Or we kind of diverge to some sort of Calvinism of, well, I'm not Mary, so therefore I must be terrible in the eyes yeah. of the Lord because exactly. I'm doing these things. Exactly. But then even like just looking at these two biblical women, you know, look at John's gospel and the way that they're portrayed. Um, you know, Martha, like when Lazarus dies, this is John four, I think, um, three anyway. Um, so Lazarus dies. No, it's later. It's definitely later. It's 11, John 10, 11. 11. Dang it. Okay. Um, I was like going through the stories in my mind. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It's John 11. Um, so <laughs> take a deep breath and go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> But no, so think about the way that Mary and Martha are portrayed there. There's still a little bit of, of divergence in their personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, Mary mm-hmm. is the one, she's at home, she's grieving. Yeah. And Martha is the one that's meeting Jesus outside the city, saying, Lord, if you had just been here. Right. Um, but both of them, I mean, Martha is the one who proclaims the resurrection there, later in that mm-hmm. in that passage. Yeah. And Mary is the one that, you know, they go to her and say, you know, the teacher is here and is calling for you. Yeah. And Mary is the one who gets up and she goes to meet him. Mm-hmm. So there's action and contemplation in both of them in that particular story, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why I like it. And I think it's a better representation or it's, you know, better in the sense of maybe being better received than the one that has been a little bit like 
it we've set had, up driven a the, wedge between Martha and Mary. Yeah, and, and it's it's really interesting that you that you note that is that our spiritual lives are supposed to um, evolve. Yeah, you know, we're, we're supposed to grow closer to the heart of Jesus, and that's why Jesus sets Mary up there as the as the pinnacle, if you will. The the better part is contemplation. Yeah, but not at um, not at the, the the behest of never walking towards the Lord. Right. And so we do have to be active in our spirituality in order to get to the point where, where we can sit at his feet. Exactly. Um, and so I think especially in our age where busy has become like a four-letter word, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who, when yeah. you ask them how they're doing and they say busy, they kind of like mentally like slap themselves in the face. Like, mm, no, I'm trying not to say that. Like, mm-hmm life is very full right now or yeah. I have a lot on my plate or you know whatever I just say busy and I sigh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's typically what I do oh, I'm busy yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. yeah um so like to be busy all right or to have a lot of concrete things to do is not a bad thing as long as that is never coming before our being right mm-hmm. Thomas Aquinas says that that doing always follows being. Yep. And so if we if we do, 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 and expect ourselves to be at peace, to be silent, to be re- at rest, well, that's not going to happen, right? Because we're putting priority on the doing and not the being. Right. And so contemplation and action really just looks like, like Father was saying earlier, like holding those things in tension, right? Making time for both and making sure that they're conversant with each other, mm-hmm. right? Because I can't, I can't make myself be both a contemplative, but have it have nothing to do with my active life, right? right? I, because then I'm just splitting myself into two. Yeah, and you can't do them at the same time, right? You know that that's one of the the I suppose the dichotomies that is okay, is that if if I am if I am active, I can't be in that moment necessarily contemplative. Right. I can be filing things away as apparently Martha was doing. Right. Right. She was she was filing things away as she was preparing the meal. So much so that we know that whenever the time came for for the incident with Lazarus, uh, Martha had had contemplated what the Lord had told her. Right. Yeah. We don't, and we also don't get the sense. And again, this is some speculation too, because we don't know how the the blanks are filled in. But we also get the sense that that she didn't hold what the Lord said against Mary. Right. You know, but but that that she took the Lord at His word and mm-hmm. said, Ah, well, if Mary has chosen what you were saying is the better part then allow me to take these things that have happened here and to to meditate yeah. upon them in, in my heart. And so by that, by the time that the Lord gets to 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 the tomb and Lazarus, Martha is able to make that proclamation right. of faith, that confession of faith. Yeah. I know you're the Messiah. That can only happen when we have a moment to do like Mary and sit at the feet of the Lord. It's yeah. hard to see Jesus as the Messiah if we're just kind of like ships passing in the night because yeah. we're yeah going back and forth so much you know yeah and i think a particular impediment to that in our day and age is all of our technology Mm -hmm. right um this thing holding up my phone if you can't see it is both a great blessing but also a great deterrent from the spiritual life um and not just the spiritual life see i dropped it um (laughs) not just the spiritual life but um i think that contemplation requires a certain kind of passion yeah. and a certain kind of drive um because to sit and like rest with the lord in silence in the in the depths of your heart that's contemplation right to yeah. to ruminate of the things of god and to to just marinate in god's love that's all like the the fruit and the activity of contemplation mm-hmm. 
But to do those things, to have that drive and that passion for the Lord, I can't be split in my in my mind about what my priorities are. But even just like like neurologically, like this thing, this you know, these technologies, they they take up our attention, they take up our, our mental energy. Yeah. And so by the time we get to contemplation, even if we set aside time, sometimes we're just drained. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. have nothing left to give. So it, yeah. I think it comes with just realizing when, you know, before we can start contemplating, we have to realize what are the impediments, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And Father I, I think Brad said today, Father Brad Doyle, priest of our diocese, you'll know him from the uh, the Quizzical Papist podcast. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't, you will soon. He says the saddest part of youth ministry now is how addicted kids are to their phones. Mm. Sins of passion have been happening since the beginning. These phones destroy their passion, and that's scarier. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think that's a real problem because there's the the like the drive that you used to see that would you know compel people to like do great things wondrous things merciful things mm-hmm. fantastic things to get outside now, of themselves exactly yep. now it's tempered by this mm-hmm. and what do people think mm-hmm. and, and oh i'm getting notifications yeah. yeah and um and it's scary to see because like you, i think he's exactly right because without that passion both the, the activity and the contemplation go by the wayside or yeah. where we yeah. were at 10 before maybe now we're down by like four right um, and we are delivered over to our passions mm-hmm. and we become slaves of our passions rather than impassioned yeah or mm-hmm. we start placing our passion in incorrect places or places that won't bear the kind of fruit that right. we ultimately want yeah um and so uh, or even just you know thinking about like the way that this can distract us you know maybe we have passion but this this device these technologies these different means of communicating they funnel can funnel our passion into things that aren't whole yeah right like there's plenty of people on twitter and mm-hmm. on instagram and various you know platforms that want me to be a kind of a kind of like political warrior yeah. but is politics gonna promise me salvation no of no. course it's not um and i think that um you know like a, uh, teaching scripture has really started to get me thinking about like how prevalent those messages still are and how relevant Mm -hmm. those messages still are today especially thinking about like amos Mm -hmm. amos was speaking to rich people basically um and trying to encourage them that that your spirituality has to show up in concrete acts of faith Mm -hmm. and works of mercy because they weren't doing that they were you know on the by the book religious jews but they were poor in their uh in their treatment of the poor Mm -hmm. um and i think that for us it's kind of similar like we We've funneled our passion into these places that aren't necessarily wrong, aren't necessarily bad, but they don't show up in other ways, which prove that it's not really taking root, right? Um, And so when we think about that Mary and Martha, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like we have to tell people to stop being active in certain ways, right? Um, But we have to, especially thinking God is a God of action. The reason that we act, the reason that we do is because God first acts and God first does. And he sets us in motion. Exactly. God is the unmoved mover, Mm -hmm. as Aristotle would say it. Um, And Thomas Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas says that, that God is actus purus, which just means God is pure act. Right. He's also pure thought. He's also pure love, but he is pure act. As much as Kathleen would like to think she is pure act. Yeah. I'm, she's got nothing on our Lord God. Okay. I'll let him have that. But one. you are because he is. And That's isn't right. that beautiful? That's right. You participate in his pure action. Yay. Yeah. yeah, and he wants you to because that's a, a funnel for his grace into the world. Yeah. Kathleen Lee, Grace Funnel. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> if you need a business card, there That's you right. go. Grace funnel. Um, and so, you know, just like Kathleen does and we do in this creaturely manner, um, our activities participate in the active life of God. 
Mm-hmm. And not just in like the things that I can like put on a resume, like the things that I can most say that I've done in my life, but just in the fact that I'm moving my hands right now. This is a, a participation in the action of God because it's motion. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's coming from my creation. Um, so even though we might look at, at Martha in Luke 10 and you know all the things that we talked about, she was distracted, she was anxious, she was troubled about many things, being active is important. Um, but just like we said earlier, you know, doing always should follow being. And so action should always follow contemplation. Mm. Um, there's oxio and there's contemplatio and you can't have oxio without contemplatio. Otherwise it really means nothing. It's kind of hollow or empty. It's just thought. Exactly. (laughs) Um, or worse, it's like spinning your wheels, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so there's different theologians throughout our church's history that have, um, kind of faced this dichotomy or this, this, what has become a dichotomy between action and contemplation. So Gregory of Nyssa is one, um, you know, he becomes an activist when he's faced with like poverty and homelessness, things that we're not unfamiliar with. Um, but he contrasts the wealth and the luxury of the rich with the plight of these homeless beggars and he talks about how the rich have these beds that are covered with flowering hangings they're richly embroidered they're eating and drinking from bowls and jars and ewers and platters all sorts of things um and they're acting shamelessly he says that they're like brothers and sisters to herodias in their indecency herodias was the the daughter the stepdaughter of herod who danced for her um in exchange for the the head of john the baptist Mm. um and then he compares that, right, not so great, with the plight of the homeless beggars. You know, they're, he said there are a myriad of Lazaruses sitting at the gate, right? Lazarus being the name of that, uh, the beggar of the rich, at the table of the rich man. Um, and he says that some drag themselves along painfully, some with their eyes gouged out, others with amputated feet. Um, and I love that image because it shows that they're, they're lacking something. And he portrays it in this physical way, right? They don't have an eye. They don't have a yeah. foot right? Um, they're, they're, they're seated instead of standing, right? Um, they're lacking in some way, um, and they need someone else to provide for that lack. And it's portrayed in this physical way to really make, make the point, right? If someone doesn't have a foot, you know that they need help, yep. right? If you come upon someone who doesn't have a foot, you know that they need help. But just because you're looking at someone and they have all of their appendages, it doesn't mean that they don't need your help, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that he's making that kind of connection. Um, and so his, his preaching, he's not, um, he's not encouraging this contemplative withdrawal, right? He's, he just actively wants to change the world. That starts with our contemplation of the things of God, and then it flows from that, how that changes us. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's different, like I said, different theologians throughout uh, time who have, or throughout our church's history who have talked about this. You know, John Cashin kind of famously tells his audience to lead an active life. He says, a monk who works is attacked by but one devil, but an idler is tormented by countless spirits. Ooh, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, not, not to uh, set aside the noonday devil, huh? that exa- little period I was just right about after that. lunch, just thinking you about know, that. Where, where you know you got to get back to work, mm-hmm. but, but this kind of, uh, kind of slothful slide which can allow hey. acedia to come in. I was just know? thinking about mm-hmm. that book the, on acedia. The spiritual dryness. Mm-hmm. And again, those things happen naturally, but we can actually invite some of those things in whenever whenever we aren't contemplating well, when we're not praying well in contemplation, and when we're working without contemplation. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, there's basically there's more to life than just contemplation. There's more to life than just action. Um, it's and so be brought together. it's got to be brought together. Um, and one of the the late 14th centuries um, authors, his name is Walter Hilton. Um, he had a, a 
a, a title of a work called The Mixed Life, and that's what he was talking about. He said that there are three ways of living. One is active, one is contemplative, the third consists of both and is the mixed life. So that's really what we're, we're aiming for, is it's that mixed Catholic life. Catholic response, isn't right. it? It's, it's both. It's both. Yeah. ¿Por qué no los dos? Sí. You know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Why not both? Oh, that's the talk yeah. about that? Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. I didn't know what cool, it's cool, from, cool. but I, a lot of young people say it to me. And I'm like, well, I know what it means in Spanish. I didn't know it was isn't a that, commercial. Isn't that talk about? Yeah, well, I guess. I, I don't, don't know. know. It's something like that that I feel like I should know based on... I, I have no street cred doctor. anymore. But uh, but yeah, it's both hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, these theologians that we've been talking about, um, they're a lot... They're, they're kind of different from our contemporary activists. Um, but each of the authors that we've just talked about would have echoed the psalmist, right? We can go, always go back to the psalms. The psalms, if you're like looking for a way to pray, the psalms cover every possible human emotion, yeah. every experience. And if you think about it, the psalms are God's, because scripture is the inspired word of God. So the psalms are God's way of praying, giving us something, a way to pray to him, That's right. right? If you need words to say to God for any particular experience. There are experience, 150 verses to choose from. Exactly. Or chapters yeah. to choose from. Yeah, with countless verses. And all of those are, are God's way of saying, this is how I want you to speak to mm-hmm. me. Which, of course, is the history of the church. Uh, uh, priests and religious pray the Psalms, mm-hmm. all 150 of them, over the course of four weeks now. And, uh, and there's a reason for that. It's not just so that the church can be at prayer, but so the church can be at contemplative prayer yeah. so that it may act. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So in Psalm 27, um, we hear one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after. Mm-hmm. And so again, it shows that order, right? We ask the Lord, we speak to the Lord, we know, we, we, we try to commune with the Lord and understand his will for our lives. And then we go after it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, but there's an order to it. There's contemplatio and then there's oxio. Um, so even though we hear in Luke's gospel, we hear the words of Jesus saying that only one thing is necessary. It's not that it's it's only necessary in a vacuum. This is it. Package it up. This is all you need, mm-hmm. right? But if you want to start, that is necessary. Right. That can only be your starting point. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to say there, that the single necessary thing, this unum necessarium, it's not the life of action, right? But it's contemplation of God in his temple, in in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the new temple. Which is what made allowed Martha to say, you are the Messiah, and it's what led Mary to go out and greet the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, so we can always celebrate the, the many faceted active life that God wants us to enjoy. Right. But we have to do that with two caveats. First, like we've said, our active life can only be celebratory or worthy of celebrate celebration only because it aims at contemplative life. Right. My action is never just like off on its own, doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and without that, that contemplative horizon, Mm-hmm. Our activities really do just become busyness. It's frenetic. It's it's almost meaningless distractions. Um, but if the active life is is all that there is, like we've said, it it's that telos, that end without a meaning, right? It's mm-hmm. it's just this island in the distance that I say I want to get to just because I want to get to it, right? It doesn't have a purpose. It doesn't have depth to it. But contemplation fills our action with truth, with goodness, with beauty, right? Because those are the attributes of God, also unity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's contemplation that gives action a share in its luster. Right. If you want the things of your life, if you, basically, if you want an answer to does my life mean anything, contemplate. Right. Invite God in and he'll show you the actions that you need to undertake in order to 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 cultivate truth and beauty and goodness and unity in the world. Yep. The second caveat 
is that um, if the significance of our actions is derivative, right, um, or the significance of just action in itself is derivative, that means that we should insist without compromise that contemplation is the ultimate thing, right? And it, that's the thing that makes up our eternal future, yeah. right? So basically our creator and not the creature is our final end, right? That contemplation puts us in touch with who, wh who we're contemplating, right? Action, if we're only pursuing action or if we're trying to pursue action before we pursue contemplation, right? That's what it means that um, like if our, um, if our action is derivative, sorry, if our contemplation is derivative, right? If I, if I put those things in proper order, then I can fully come face to face with God, my creator one day in heaven. Right. Um, and so our actions are, are things that can help us kind of climb that ladder to that, to that greater experience, right? That greater, um, that greater participation in pure act in the person of God. But first I have to, to do things one step after another here on earth, but never one thing divorced from another thing, both of the action and contemplation brought together. That's right. And that's, uh, that's why we go to mass actually is because we are, we, we contemplate and then we are brought to action and then we are sent out. It's almost as if the church is giving us the tools that we need to be both Martha and Mary. So uh, thanks for unpacking that uh, for us, Olivia and Kathleen. It's a lot to unpack for sure. You know what we want to do is, is take a, a moment before we go to our favorite part of the show for something we haven't done in a little while. And, and Jeff, I didn't warn you about this, but I, I hope you're ready. It's, yeah, back chat. He's always ready. I tell you, Jeff is always ready. He even uh, predated the graphic there. Look at that. Okay, so for our back chat, um, we got uh, a little note in the in the post from uh, from Bob. Bob in New York. He says, "Father Decker, thank you for your Christmas shows, present and Christmas past shown on CFN. CFN is uh, our affiliate there in Rockville Center, broadcasting in New York this holiday season." He says, "They got me through the holidays." Mm. Respectfully, Bob in New York. Well, Bob, we want you to know we are glad to have you mm, along and absolutely. we're happy that you found a holiday oomph in our Christmas mm. spectaculars because we always have fun doing those. And just as a reminder, if you want to write to us, you can do so. You can write to the CU crew or to any one of us by name. Um, and uh, we're there at, uh, at the Catholic Underground HQ, uh, 1194 Sunray Avenue, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70816 and we are in the united states of america on planet earth in the sol system and uh and so that's uh, that's that well um it was a, a nice of you to write in bob and so we always look forward to hearing from you and back chat now it's time for that part of the show that we like to call the cu pick of the week all righty for the cu pick of the week uh Kathleen, she's been she's been waiting. <laughs> Y'all, I discovered the promised land over the holidays. Okay? Oh dear! It is My a place goodness. called Texas Day Brazil. When wow. I tell you, you will you go in and they give you a card, green on one side, red on the other, and then these guys, I call them the shish kebabers. I think they're called the gauchos, gauchos whatever. Yeah. Swords of meat. Yeah, they like come out with these swords of meat, yeah. and if you have green. 
they give you, they come up, would you like you, bacon you, you wrapped mean, or whatever? You mean a green card. Yeah, if your card not, is on green. Yeah. <laughs> not if your face. No, no, no. Your card. And then they were like telling us all the rules and they said, if you go to the salad bar, and I was like, who the heck wants to go to a salad bar at this place? Okay. So I meandered over there, see what it was all about. I got some potatoes and like some crap, some some corn bisque. Not not it was lobster, lobster bisque. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Mm. And then I'm making my I'm perusing all the leafy things on the this humongous salad bar, and I see out the corner of my eye in in the direct corner, jutting out of the a full bowl of real live bacon, people. Real live, not like freeze dried bacon bits. I'm talking fatty bacon, and I was like, yes. <laughs> Please, and then they're like, if you if you're full, put it on red, and they won't come over. The card, well, yeah. the card. I put it on red. They still came over. Mm -hmm. and I said, okay, put that on my plate. And then they said, oh, we only have uh, two more of these, you know, filet mignons pieces. Would you like both of them? Okay, might as well. <laughs> Y'all, if you can get yourself to a Texas Day Brazil, don't eat for two days, and then, I mean, maybe that's just a suggestion. <laughs> and then go there, and you every. Oh my gosh. The Lord blessed me. Ladies and gentlemen, Keto Kathleen. <laughs> so good. So good. They're, I think they're all over the United States. If not, they we, got, we got one here in Baton Rouge. Come on down. It's worth the pilgrimage, okay? Because it may or may not be a holy site. Well, all right. Um, Olivia. <laughs> Why? Why do you do this? <laughs> this is how we want to start 2020. Yeah, oh, whether mercy. it is or not, we have. Yeah, <laughs> Here we are. Okay, um, so my pick of the week has to do with the March for Life that I just got back yes. from. Um, and some, I, first of all, I'll just preface this by saying that anytime I meet someone who has, you know, watches the show or sees us on Catholic TV or whatever mm -hmm. online, um, they all, one of their first comments to me is always, I love Father, I love Kathleen. But then the second is always, you're much taller in person. <laughs> Because if you can't tell from the screen, I'm actually about six foot, six foot one. Um, and so perhaps on the more. March for Life, well, <laughs> perhaps more, perhaps. No, don't even say it. God will hear you. <laughs> Sometimes people do that. They're like, are you, have you grown? And I'm like, Shh, no, God no. hears that. Um, but so I, you know, I'm traveling on the March for Life. It's about 26 hours on a bus and I don't really fit. I can't sit straight in the seats. So I got to go sideways. And then to sleep, I'm like like hunched over yeah, and I'm like all these uh, all these angles and all that stuff so I feel like I got hit by the bus that I spent so much time on after mm -hmm. the march mm -hmm. but my my saving grace is something that I've had for about a year and it's this foam roller massage ball yes and it's it's like a foam roller like the big long uh, cylinders but it's just like a little ball about the size of like I don't know, a cantaloupe. And yeah. it is amazing. I roll all around it on my back, especially like some parts the, up in my shoulder that really hurt. Hmm. And it is amazing. I brought it with me on the march so that I, as I was like trying to get ready for sleep and, and do some last minute things, I could like roll around. It's pretty cheap. It was only like $13. I got it on Amazon. I really recommend this, especially if you're like, you know, someone who doesn't maybe even have the best posture or like does something That's where you have to like think, carry yeah. a lot of stuff on. around and maybe you start aching and stuff. Hmm. This thing's amazing. What you don't know is that uh, Ed, when he's setting up our cameras, always sets them in slouch position. Yeah, right. <laughs> because yeah. we're always slouched over our microphones. Sorry. That's all right. No, good pick of the week there. Uh, Jeff, you got one for us here? Yeah? I do yeah. indeed. And our, uh, our CU studios are home to a new program. Uh, produced by Catholic Community Radio, and it's really geared toward uh, young adults, young people, 
uh, now in its ninth week, Overflow.fm, hosted by uh, uh, Kara Klein Oob, uh-huh. who is a um, praise and worship leader. Uh, and she and her husband just had a baby boy. And then Chris Price, who is from the New Orleans area, he and his wife just had a baby. And guess what? One is named Ben, the other one's named Ben. Benjamin and Benedict. But uh, That's true. Yeah. anyway, That's right. they love this Catholic music. And we have. Um, New artists that we were playing, and uh, we're right now in 14 markets on 20 stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Overflow.fm is where you can find podcasts. Please, if you know somebody who is an artist and they want to be on the radio, uh, email me. The address is music at overflow.fm. That's right. Music or, at overflow.fm. Or you can just shout Jeff on any street corner yeah. and he'll hear yes, you. Yes, and I'll come running. Especially That's right. there's swords of meat. That's right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> ah, yes, right. indeed. All right. Uh, my pick of the week is the story of Patrick Payton. Father Patrick Payton is the guy who said the family that prays together stays together. Mm. He's also the one who, uh, who began the family rosary hour. If you want to learn about his life uh, and uh, and more about how he is well on his way to sainthood, he's now Ooh. venerable Patrick Payton. Mm. This is a comic book from the fine folks, um, uh, our, our friends who who gave us like the um, the other comic books that I talked to you about, uh, the Tale of Finian. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. uh, this is uh, from Family Rosary Publishing, um, and uh, and also uh, written and drawn most beautifully, huh? Written by mm-hmm. uh, Philip Kozlowski. Uh, professionally drawn, wow. beautiful, beautiful comic book. So uh, if you want that, we'll put that in the show notes for you. The Tale of Patrick Payton, the family that prays together, stays together, the family rosary, really good read, and it's something that you can read with your kids as well. Jeff, we are always grateful for our viewers, our benefactors, our listeners here in this new year, aren't we? Yes, indeed we are. And this week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And another way to support us is to like us, heart us, star us, and share us on your social media platform of choice. Yep. And if you like us, uh, please leave a review yeah. in on Spotify or uh, with Apple Podcasts or any of those. That, that way you can point other people. They trust you hmm. if you're listening to us. Uh, our panelists, as they always are, have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. Um, she's so many other things. We just keep yeah. coming up with names for yep. you. <laughs> Olivia Galino is at the.real.omg on all of the social medias. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwell us on Twitter and Instagram. Our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video and graphics director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter and just about everything else at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice with the Catholic Underground. It's 2020, and we're Faith Gone Digital. See you next time.